I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. everyone, you're listening to Wine, Dine, and 69, a podcast about dating, relationships, sex, and self-love. And it is Taurus season! Um, <laughs> I talk about, we talk about, me and my guest, my guest and I, we talk a fair amount about astrology in today's episode, not intentionally, it just kind of happened that way. Uh, and you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm a Taurus, it's my season, and um, I'm not sorry. So... Uh, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, I'm super excited for today's episode for you to meet Lindsay, my guest. Um, Actually, she and I have been emailing and connecting on social media. She's a super cool person um, and just kismet to have met her. So I've been thinking a lot about (laughs) giving yourself a break um, in one way or Another, uh, it's a conversation I was actually on the phone with my brother who would hate all of the astrology references in today's episode um, about taking a pause from expectations. And I did this last week and it's the same thing that I kind of talked to him about. He's actually going to be coming to visit me in a couple of days. Um, This idea that... There's always stuff to do, right? That's like what it's like being a human being in the world in 2022 and probably for all of time. I always have a list. I always have stuff to do. Um, It's never ending. Even when I'm crossing things off, more things get added. It's just how it goes. And um, I get really hard on myself when I don't accomplish some of those things on the list, either for, you know, lack of time or effort or whatever, what have you. Um, Last weekend, I had, of course, a very long list of things that I needed to do. But when I got home from work last Friday, I just was like, you know what? No. And instead, what I did was to do whatever I wanted to do, to reconnect with who I am outside of any expectations. I feel like so frequently we get tied up in our work or our relationships with other people. I know that I do. And our identity kind of starts to center around that. And last weekend, like, I didn't have any social obligations, really. And so I was just like, you know what? No, I'm going to not put any expectations on myself for the next 24 hours. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And honestly, I thought I'd probably sleep more than anything else, but I didn't. Um, I read an entire book. It just felt so good. I was sitting on my roof and read this entire book in, over the course of the weekend, and I haven't done that in years. So um, yeah, taking a break from the expectations you have of, of yourself and just taking the time to 
exist as a soul, you know, walking this earth and see what you're naturally drawn to. Because as somebody who is obsessed with lists, my identity kind of gets wrapped up in making sure that the list is getting items checked off. And that's no way to live. So, um, yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about that. Taking a break from the expectations that you and others have of yourself. And so that's my challenge to anybody listening. Um, Take 24 hours a weekend and just exist. See what happens if you just allow yourself to be still. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I learned something from that experience that I need to carry with me going forward. Um, So hopefully that speaks to somebody. And yeah, so as mentioned, uh, my guest today is Lindsay, uh, just such a cool person. Oh my gosh. And we realized after we stopped recording that we actually have the same favorite author, (laughs) Cheryl Strayed. Oh my gosh, please check out her work if you haven't. Um, It's a practice in radical empathy. And uh, there are very clear reasons why both Lindsay and I uh, love her work. So Lindsay, as we discuss, has a book out called Swipe Right. Uh, Definitely check it out. I have my copy in the mail on its way to me, and I can't wait to dive into it. Check out her blog. Um, Check her out all over the internet. I will link all these things in the episode notes, as always. Uh, Yeah, super excited for you to meet her. Just another reminder of how these conversations really do come into my life right when I need them the most. I had a really bad day the day that uh, Lindsay and I recorded this episode. And it completely turned the trajectory for me. Um, So thank you for that, Lindsay. And I just think about, again, how lucky I am to meet all of these incredible people through this project of this podcast, these, all of these people that I would never have met otherwise. And the world is, is so big, but so small at the same time. And as Lindsay and I kind of discussed in this episode, like we're all human and we're all living that experience. And in some ways that makes it seem even smaller. Uh, but yeah, I'll, instead of summarizing it, get right to it. Uh, Without further ado, I'm going to cut to a quick commercial break and then please enjoy my conversation with Lindsay, author of Swipe Right. Ah! What is it, honey? It's that darn ghost again. He just won't leave us alone. I guess we're just going to have to move. No, wait. Don't worry. We're not moving. He is. Who are you going to call? Blockbusters. Actually, we know nothing about catching ghosts other than what we saw in that old cartoon. But if you want a podcast where we talk about film, TV, random tangents that leave you wondering what the hell was that all about, and the occasional nugget of wisdom, then we're the ones for you. And if you act now, you can listen to our entire back catalogue for free! Did you say free? Yes, I did. So go now to your nearest podcatching device, shake off the ectoplasm, and download us today. Warning, listening to blockbusters can lead to stomach cramps from laughing, headaches from attempting to remember what tangent they went on this time, and a worn-out section of your device's screen slash keyboard as you smash the replay button over and over until the next episode arrives. If your blockbuster's episode lasts longer than four hours, tell your doctor so he can listen as well. Hello, everybody. 
Welcome back to the show. I am here today with my guest, Lindsay. Lindsay, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Hanging in there. You know, yeah. life life is life is going. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. We're going to talk. You reached out to me a while back, um, just kind of wanting to tell your story and realize that we had a little bit in common. And so, um, and you also have a memoir that yeah. has released. So I want to hear about all of it. Um, but let's start with you just kind of telling me a little bit about you, um, who you are, what you do. Uh, you know, it's kind of just a good jumping off point. Sure. Um, so I am a freelance writer, former fashion industry art director, uh, who just kind of had enough of that world. Uh, for many reasons. Um, I recently released my first book, a memoir, as you stated, about 20 online dates with 20 different men. Um, what else? I'm building a tiny home on wheels with my partner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what other weird, I mean, things have I been uh, dabbling in lately? Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, like you, I also, uh, used to be into singing and performing and that was, that was fun. That was a past life of mine. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, really definitely do. an outlet. Music is a huge part of my world still to this day. Definitely. But, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely had some questions about, um, they, they call it the schooly life, right? Yes. I just was like how is that like but I guess if if you're still building it then you haven't you know gotten too much into the process yet of living the schooly life right like we you know we're still in the process of building but we're very very close to finishing what's the plan Um, after that we want to just travel you know just kind of be the the whole digital nomads you know he's an artist as well we're both former you know, uh, art directors, but graphic designers. So we can still, I still work a little bit on that, uh, uh, freelance world and, and some loungewear. Okay. But, sure. um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the pandemic, if it did anything good, it was bringing, you know, work from home and being able to do what we love outside of the office space Absolutely. and making people realize that that is a doable thing. And, you know, even before the pandemic, that was something that I just felt like there was always something more. I always felt like there was something more, like something kept egging me in the back of my mind, like this nine to five shit behind a cubicle, like it gets old real fast and yep. dealing with the corporate bullshit, which is what I always call it. Yep. It just, I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, there's got to be something more. And one day in 2020, <laughs> My partner and I were talking and one of us, we had both had an interest in tiny home living. Okay. Um, but we never thought of like a school bus. <laughs> you know, it was always <laughs> like, oh shoot, we're going to have to like get a big pickup truck and lug this giant thing around. And that did not appeal to me at all. Sure. Um, so now, yeah, we're in, in the middle of building it and we're getting very close. Just yesterday I said, um, we're fucking crazy and I can't wait to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have those days, but it's, oh it'll gosh. be well worth it when it's over. Yes, that is that is what I hear is that all of the hard things are worth it at the end. Um, at so the end. <laughs> at the at the end of the road. So yeah, tell me a little bit about um, what inspired you to write Swipe Right, the name of the book. I mean, you said twenty online dates with that just sounds like a headache to me personally. But yeah, what what was that like? 
So there were definitely some headaches to be had. Um, so that was never my intention for a first book. I honestly didn't know what my intention was for a first book. I always wanted to write a book. I just didn't have an idea of what it would be about. Actually, the first thing I thought I would write about was probably what I'm writing about, what I plan on writing about now. Um, but it, I just wasn't ready. Um, so I had just ended a pretty serious relationship and it was my first serious relationship outside of my marriage. Okay. Um, I'm divorced. I'm not married and seeing somebody at the same time. Make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my best friend who's happily married and been with the same guy for, you know, going on 15 years Ugh. was like, sorry. <laughs> she's like, let's swipe right and let's do this. And I'm like, okay, you just, you just want to live vicariously, but sure. Here's my phone. So of course, you know, we're at a bar drinking sangria and she makes a profile for me. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? Oh my God, am I doing this? Like, and it's funny because it just never appealed to me. I'm also, I've always been one of the, I, I think I'm from like the last generation of people who thought like they were going to meet their future forever in a grocery store or something, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, we, it's we might so be stupid. similar to the age. I mean, I was like part of that, like the internet came into my life, like yes. when I was just starting to become a teenager. Yes. Same. So. so it, you know, it just, I didn't know what to expect. And I went on one online date, which went really well. Um, but then I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to continue this. And I went and got my hair done and it was actually my hairdresser who said, oh no, girl, you can't throw in the towel until you go on at least 20 online dates. And I'm like in the salon <laughs> mirror, like, whoa, 20 different men. She was, oh yeah. And I'm thinking, hell, you know? And from there I was like, oh my God, I was like, this would make a really entertaining book. But I didn't actually start writing it until after the seventh okay. online well, what were some of the um what what kind of like weird things happened did you have was everybody more or less normal or did you have some real <laughs> like fucking like weird things happening like I don't know my online dating experience is is definitely limited but like even you know the few that I have done like were there were some weird encounters yeah I mean I definitely had some weird things happen um for like, say, for example, I had a guy in the middle of the date, like jump up. It, we were having fantastic conversation. I thought the date was going well. He jumps up mid conversation, looks at his watch. is like, I have to go. And I like barely had time to stand up before he was like starting for the exit. Uh, I had another guy. Wait, where did he have to go? I didn't ask and I didn't. To another date? Like Probably. what? It was so weird. Like. I'm not exaggerating when I'm telling you we're in the, it would be like as if you were to get up right now and be like, I got to go. Silence. Bye. I was like, um, had another guy tell me on our first date that he was going to make me fall in love with him. And he told oh. me this twice, right before I learned that his ex-wife's name was tattooed across his chest. Oh yeah. No, that's, so that, that was fun. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and then I had another guy, um, he met me at a coffee bean okay. and when I asked him, you know, if he was going to get anything, he was like, Oh no, nah, this is just my first date. Go to locale. And this was all before he invited me to his place for frozen pizza and then told me to wear something comfortable. 
Needless to say, I never went to his place. Wow. Yeah. So some- frozen frozen Pete's has a special place in my heart. I'm not going to lie, but. <laughs> yes, but I'm also not a carnivore. And when I told him that, he says, so what do you want then? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was, All right. I was like, I don't want anything from you, buddy. Yeah, Beth. nothing. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, okay. Um, were any of these dates, you know, you said the first one went pretty well. Mm-hmm. How how many of them do you think like went like pretty well versus and you like kept seeing the person versus, you know, not so well? Well, um, without giving too much away, there are two significant relationships um during the whole online dating process. Okay. Um that I would say went fairly well. Uh, until they didn't. But, you know, for the most part, and I say this in my book, you know, I weren't, I was not meeting bad men. Um, Aside from frozen pizza guy, (laughs) because the rest of that story is, I mean, he he proceeded to berate me until the morning hours with text messages um, about how I was that person, that flake that I expressed disdain for because I decided I didn't want to come to his place because I was uncomfortable with his wear something comfortable comment. So he was really the only bad. Okay. Well, that's promising. That's promising. And how did you, um, you, did you meet your current partner online? I did not. No. Okay. Wasn't in a grocery store. (laughs) No, it wasn't in a grocery store either. No, that's okay. I don't. I don't need you to uh, spoil anything that you know might be spicy for the book. So yes, yes, it is. But um, okay. Well, what what did you learn from the experience of you know these twenty online dates? Did you get a sense of what you were looking for more? Did it just make you a little less nervous about dating? Did you get a sense of you know what red flags you had? And kind of have more questions about that. But definitely, yeah. <laughs> Um, I learned that online dating really isn't that much different than like classical dating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I learned also that I am enough and I have mm-hmm. always been enough because I had basically, I'd just been exerting valuable energy toward undeserving individuals for too long and doing this, like going on all these dates with all these different types of people was like, eye-opening in the sense that I wasn't just dating. I was also learning a lot about myself and the way I had been conducting um, my relationships prior. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting, especially in like terms of the expending energy and, you know, you yeah. go on, you go on a date with somebody and, and uh, I don't know, it's always low expectations. High, I, what do I say? I say high involvement, low expectation. I like that. <laughs> that would make a really good t-shirt. <laughs> I know, right? High involvement, low expectation. My problem is like once, like I'm really great at that in casual dating, but once I like feel feelings, like I'm like, no, there's like lots of expectation now. Well, of course. (laughs) So it's, it's difficult to kind of, um, let, let go of that. Well, let's kind of dive into some of those like red flags, green flags. What were some things that you noticed as you were going through that process? Um, so red flags, um, other than having wife's tattooed name across ex-wife's yeah. tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> well, not just that, but also talking, like repeatedly talking about your exes during yeah. a Like day. early days. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, it 
it depends on the context, of course. Sure. Um, you know, but I, I've found like with this guy with the tattoo, I mean, he was talking he mentioned his ex-wife several times during the day. And I'm like, okay, this guy clearly hasn't dealt with the emotions, right. Of, right. you know, and I say in the book, because I had gone through a divorce already and I had done the work and gotten through it. And, you know, I say in there, like, I'm, you know, I'm well beyond being the person to remind him of his worth. He needs mm. to do that himself. Love um, it. Red flags, more red flags. So I think telling somebody what to wear to a date, that's a red flag. Uh, telling <laughs> or ordering anyone to do anything is a red flag. Yeah, very true. Very true. That's like <laughs> does control all over it. Um, you know, any really sort of anything that is indicative of poor manners sure or um you know in the sense of uh telling somebody what to do um you know i went on a date this was not an online date but i went on a date once with a guy who was like you know you really don't have to cuss so much it's not very ladylike and i was like fuck you (laughs) i have no interest in hold on i have to apply some some more lipstick Exactly. People who are listening to the podcast can't see that I'm applying lipstick, True. quote unquote, with my middle finger. But <laughs> but I like that. I'm going to try that. <laughs> Next time somebody tells me I have a potty mouth in a way that <laughs> isn't like, let me fucking join in. Um, you know, I don't know. It just for me that that's already you're telling me that you don't accept me for who I am. And, you know, um, and I mean, better, you know, that early, but. Like that's not if you already if he already knows that that's not something that that was something that was going to be like a, a block and you know moving forward he just didn't need to say anything and like not ask you yeah. out again. Yes, like, I agree with that. There's there's a certain amount. I, I I love honesty, right? Like I love honesty. Yes. I love talking bluntly and being direct in your communication. But sometimes you need to like figure out and when you don't really know somebody and it's in a casual it's not as necessary you don't need to say everything that comes to your brain agree wholeheartedly with that so yeah well what about green flags green flags somebody who pays attention when you're having a conversation um you know and they show it not just tell you that they were listening so i had a guy um who was listening to me when I was telling him about my mother and how important she was to me still is, but she's passed away. So I talk about her in the past tense. Sure. And I I was telling him about her and how sea glass was one of her favorite um, things. And we would often go to the beach and search for it together. And she had jars of it all over her house. And when she Mm -hmm. died, I, you know, have those now. And, um, he, after we broke up, like after, I wouldn't say broke up, but we weren't really, it didn't go very far, but after each we other. Yeah. parted ways, um, he texted me one day and said, Hey, do you mind meeting me at the library after work? And I was kind of like, Oh shit. Like, what does this guy want? He was waiting there for me with a jar of sea glass that he had collected on a trip up to Northern California. Uh, Fort Gla- Fort Bragg Beach. It's known as a sea glass beach. Okay. Um, because he knew how important it was to my mother and how important my mother was to me. 
Wow. With zero expectations. That was like, that was the moment that I realized, holy shit, like I'm enough. You know, if that makes sense. Like, I think I've spent a lot of my life feeling like I wasn't enough. Yeah. That my no, love absolutely. isn't enough. Um, so yeah, that was, you know, that told me like he was listening. And then on our date, he got fish taco. He brought fish tacos and I'm a pescatarian. So he, um, was listening. That's my favorite food, fish tacos. You know, he made like a little picnic and, um, so stuff like that, definitely green flag. Um, God, what else I'm trying to think now? I should be able to think of more of these. <laughs> I feel like there's more discussion of red flags though. Like, you know, somebody who's like polite to the server is a oh, yes. definite, like just that, genuine politeness. Yes. But I like the listening one because I think that that, um, that's really big for me too. Or, you know, I, I had somebody ask me, um, like, you know, what my love languages were Ooh, and like, that's a good one. and I was like, Oh, that's like a good question. Like you're trying, you want to understand me, you know, yeah. even if it doesn't go anywhere, you want to, you want to understand me. Even so, if your love language is like the exact opposite of mine. <laughs> and that way you can, you know, to work on Which it, you know, into. Yep. absolutely. So yeah, no, that, that, I think that's always a, a good question. Um, mm-hmm. My new question going into dating in the future is, what's your attachment style? Because <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> what? So what kind of attachment styles are we talking? Like what are some options? Oh, uh, like anxious, avoidant, disorganized. Um, okay. You know, I, I forget who created the attachment styles, but there's a couple different attachment. It's like called attachment theory in general. I'll put a link okay. to it in the show notes for anybody who's interested. Yeah. But yeah, um, just to get a sense of like how how do people argue? How do people relate? Um, how does your childhood trauma affect, you know, you who you are now and how you deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my new favorite question. Not for any particular Very reason. Just, just, just because. I'm yeah. lying. I'm lying. It's definitely for a particular reason. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. So in addition to your memoir, you have a blog, which I yeah. scoped out. That's how I found out about your, your school bus life, your schooly life. <laughs> so yeah, tell, tell me a little bit about that. You, uh, it's like food, travel, wine, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah, lots of wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I began my blog in 2017, like early okay. 2017, right before, no, right after my first solo international trip to Peru. Oh, cool. Um, I had spent my birthday the prior year uh, completely alone. Mind you, my birthday is Christmas Day. And I vowed to never do that again. Um, and it's funny because you may be asking why I would travel solo. <laughs> but the no, difference between sitting at home alone on the most important holiday for some people and the day my mother gave birth to me was yeah. extremely painful. Yeah. And yeah. So traveling in a foreign country, eating delicious Peruvian ceviche, and seeing the ancient sites of the Incan Empire, that's a whole other ballgame. And it was life-changing. Um, I have gone somewhere now every year for my birthday since I made that vow to myself. Wow. And basically, I want to you know, share those travels with other people. And that's partly what my blog kind of evolved into. Um, I go wine tasting a lot. I live in California, so it's easy to do. Um, so that's the thing too. Like you don't have to go to far off destinations or be by yourself. That's true. Because trips can, you know, happen right in your own backyard and be just as impactful. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. So. Yeah, I, we used to go like camping in the backyard. Camping, you know, we would come inside <laughs> to go to go to the bathroom, but we would go camping, quote unquote. I love it. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's so. Where are some cool places that you've gone? Some favorite places that you visited? <clears throat> Japan was amazing. Ooh. Wow, okay. that was probably one of the most phenomenal trips. Um, and I, I went there by myself too. Uh, a couple years ago, we went to Death Valley. Okay. Um, on Christmas Day, that was really cool because again, that was just a you know day trip sort of thing. But it was really I've you know I'd never seen it in person, even though it's you know just a couple hours away. Um, obviously, like Napa Sonoma, we just went there this past year, and we actually stayed at this uh, safari hotel. So you're basically oh, on. Cool. It was really cool. It, basically, this couple went to Africa years ago, and they decided to bring Africa back, and so there's like drafts and you know, zebras and all of a sudden you can take a, like a safari tour safari and one of those tour. real wow. jeeps and you get to stay in these tents. And if it were not for the heated blankets, I would not have survived. I'm just saying that. Oh yeah. It was so cold. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But it was really fun. I definitely recommend it. One night would have been enough. We stayed two. Yeah. Okay. I recommend That's awesome. one night. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to travel being more of a thing again, now again. that things are kind of I'm going to Ireland in August. Nice. August so oh, that's I've been there be before amazing. and I'm going back just to just yeah. why not. Um, okay. Well, I have some questions, I guess, about like authenticity because you are, you've, you know, been very vulnerable in the book. You've been very vulnerable in this conversation, you know, and you also just put everything out there on, on the blog, so how did you kind of learn to live authentically? Is it something that came natural, you know, and and how has that been kind of a, a thread that's kind of weaved through your life? That's a good question. Um, first of all, trial and error, that whole <laughs> fall seven times, stand up eight adage. Um, and lots and lots of therapy. Best thing yeah. I have ever done for myself. And I love talking about that openly and loudly because it, for a long time, it's been such a stigma. And I have now been seeing the same therapist for about nine years. Wow. And she has, she has made a significant, significant impact on my life. She being like our sessions and, you know, there were, there were years I was going twice a week. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I cannot speak highly enough about therapy. Um, yeah. Absolutely. No, therapy's. I'm in the process of trying to find a new therapist. Like, you just, you gotta, you gotta really look for them, right? Like, yes. And that's important. Like, finding somebody that you are actually comfortable with mm-hmm. and does it right. Because I've, I've heard horror stories and I've been to my own, like, totally turned off, never looked for a therapist for a couple years after the yeah, experience. No, absolutely. No, it's so important to – and that's what I feel like I always want to tell people when they are, um, you know, anti-therapy or they don't like the therapist and so they give up. Like, mm. dude, I totally get it. I've called like six therapists this past week and like half of them don't call you back and the other ones aren't in your insurance even though it's said that they were. Like, I get yep. that it's a headache, but um, mm-hmm. I should just like hire someone to do it for me. I feel like that'd be – someone yeah. should make that service <laughs> to make sure that people are in like your Like have the middleman. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, they actually I mean, they do have those. I'm actually writing for um, 
uh, one of my, my projects that I'm working on right now is for a healthcare company and it's all okay. surrounding mental health issues. And it is so interesting. And it's basically, they're a middleman. So they, they do the, the legwork for you. They find out if your insurance covers this or that and the treatment and therapy and yada, yada. Um, also though, they do have, and this is how I found my therapist at the time because I was brokers and you know, all hell right. uh, 10, 10 years ago when I was looking for someone. And they have community clinics. They have people, therapists that valuable, like trained, skilled therapists that will work on sliding scales, which basically means you only pay what you can afford. They base right. it off of your income. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, I, I think everybody should go to therapy. And I agree. I also think that the people who bemoan therapy are probably the people who need it the most. Need it the hot, most. Yes. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, so so uh, trial and error, yep. therapy. Um, anything else? Uh, is there? I'm trying to think. Do you have any like? There is a car going off outside. It's driving me. I hope it's not my car. Um, <laughs> there, like, is as are there? Do you have any like uh, mental health things that you do like meditations or mindfulness or you know something that you do to ground yourself on a a daily basis weekly basis whatever so I'm laughing because meditation is I can't do it it's like okay I'm horrible at it I have tried several different methods my therapist has tried I eventually told her just like can you just stop like I can't do this meditation it's just not my thing I I'm not opposed to continually trying but it is not easy for me um, what do I do? So I used to suffer from really bad anxiety and panic attack. And one of the things that I did that I feel like can be helpful, even if you're not having a panic episode is grounding yourself and reminding yourself of where you're at being very like as present as you possibly can. And one of the ways that you can do that is stand, look around the room and start naming objects. Mm. And it sounds so mundane and so, but it really, really helps. Another thing I do is uh, run cold water over my wrist. Okay. What does that accomplish? Calms you down. There's something about water in general for me. So one thing that I do to this day, um, and it's, it always, I always feel really close to my mother when I do this because she said to me once like, oh, I spent a lot of time in water. And basically what that, the context of that conversation was, was her telling me that taking baths was her, like her therapy. And to this day, I take a lot of baths. Um, When I was working in the corporate world, I would come home from work and I would just be in the bathtub turning into a prune for two hours because I was just so, it was so stressful. And I loved baths to this day. Still love them. I'll go into the bath with a good book and, you know, just relax. Those are my, yeah. And a glass of wine, of course. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) California, you can't not, right? No, you can't. (laughs) Well, so, you know, you talked about your mother and, um, you know, we kind of connect on the fact that, you know, you have lost your mother and I, uh, my my mother is terminally ill, as listeners will know. Um, Mm -hmm. But you, you managed to live with such an open heart and again, so authentically, right? And with a sense of humor. And how how do you manage that? How where does that resilience come from? Um, well, thank you. First of all, um, I would have to say I seemingly have an innate 
undying hope. Okay. You know, that's, that's not to say that I did not have my days. You know, I, I have had plenty of days where I've been crying nonstop and can't even function and have to wear sunglasses on the subway or, you know, days where I'm just mean to somebody for no reason and then end up feeling like shit later (laughs) because that's not who I am. Right. Um, A dear friend once said to me that sometimes hope is all you need. And I felt that. Um, Also, laughter is the best fucking medicine. Like, you know, it just, it kind of goes back to like that fake it so you make it sort of thing. Like do what you got to do to get through. And if that means turning on a comedy that, you know, your favorite comedy, then so be it. Yeah. Um, And finally, we have a choice right? Like we all have a choice. And if there's anything that an incredibly impatient and self-controlling Sagicorn, I call myself a Sagicorn because I'm right on the cusp. I'm a cusper too. <laughs> oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. I'm also like the last day, I'm the last day of Taurus season. I'm like five hours from being a Gemini. Oh, okay. So yep. we are like, what are we? Gem- Geminis? Geminis? Uh, I'm like a Tor, Tor and I, I guess. A Tor and I, yeah. Okay. Right there. So it's if if there's something that we know, it's we know what we can control. Right. And I can control how I respond to life. And if I responded negatively to every single thing that has kicked my ass, I never would have stood up that eighth time. Right. And furthermore, when you are faced when you've been faced with the death of the two people who brought you into this world, I think there's this because my father passed away four months before my, my mother. Oh my gosh. I am I so think sorry. There, thank you. I think there's this physiological thing that happens. And basically it, I think about death every single day, not a single day goes by that I don't think about it. And I, and I've come to realize that that's not really a bad thing because I remind myself of my own mortality. And in that in and of itself is motivation because I have a choice. I can either make the most of this life or I can watch it from the sidelines until I die. And the latter just doesn't sound like much fun. Yeah. Um, And I can't take credit for all the way that I live my life. You know, I have heroes and I have inspiration. Anthony Bourdain comes to mind. Oh yeah. Um, He was the one who said our bodies aren't a temple. They're an amusement park, you know, enjoy the ride. And I intend to enjoy the ride. I love that. It's too fucking short. You know? Yeah, I love that. That's such a sag, sag mentality for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, such a sag mentality. I love it. That's why. See, that's why I have. To, I can't just say Capricorn because then people automatically think I'm like, you know, boring and calculated. It's like, no, no, no. I got Sagicorn in there. <laughs> that that's sag. That sag energy. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. My mom's a sag actually. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. Very very strong sag energy. Well. What about um, – I'm trying to think of how you've tied in – I mean, so this podcast is about dating, relationships, Ooh. and sex. So do you have anything to add in like that little last area? You said something sex? in your intake form and I was like, ooh, what? What, ooh, we what did there? I say in my intake form? Oh, gosh. I don't remember now. I can just answer that question. If that yeah. No, for sure. Let it, let it rip. Okay, so on my trip to Peru, I had a little, 
I hired a, um, a tour guide just for me, like solo. And this guy shows up to my hotel to pick me up, to take me on a tour of the Sacred Valley. And it was supposed to be his brother who's like married and I think has children. And anyway, it's, it's this other guy. I'm like, oh, I thought so-and-so was coming. He's like, no, it's me. And I'm like, oh, he's kind of cute, you know, in my head. <laughs> yeah, well, by the end of the trip, we were having sex and involved <laughs> and and yeah and it was uh in his mother's house in Odiantai, no Love in Uwamba, Peru um right after his mother made us the most amazing corn you have ever had in your life like americans don't understand what unadulterated mm. un gmo you know injected corn is like first of all the kernels kernels they're huge yeah are gigantic she didn't put butter she didn't put salt nothing and it just tasted wonderful right out of the pot i love how my greatest sex story turned into food i'm not surprised no i mean and that's a that's another great question do you have any sex stories involving food (laughs) uh involving food oh my god um not really (laughs) <laughs> I don't, I don't like, uh, yeah, I'm a little like, no, don't put that sticky shit on me. <laughs> That's your Capricorn. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I sound so boring, don't I? No. <laughs> no, I, I like, I like earth sign energy. It's, it's good. But okay. Yeah. So back, back to the, the corn and the, the, the corn gentleman. Yes. It was, you know, it was just, it was fun. It was like, okay, I'm paying, it felt a little strange too, cause I'm paying him. Right. To like for the tour and then we're sleeping together you're like Um, what am i paying for actually (laughs) yeah it was a little like okay am i supposed to tip you or is this considered the oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i love it okay that was not supposed to be a pun either by the way it It was was great it was great no unintended off the off the cuff so so i love that the mom knew that you were there it like wasn't like it wasn't like you like snuck in no he took me, so part of the tour, he was like, okay, I don't usually do this, but would you like to, you know, come to my home and, you know, I can show you like, cause it was like, it was around Christmas time. So, you know, Christmas trees were still up and all this stuff. And he was like, I can show you how, uh, you know, customary Peruvian family lives. I was all about that. And, um, it just felt like I was like, it was very comfortable. It was very like, okay, what are we doing? And then he showed me his room and then one thing led to another. So that was where was, it started. That was where it started. And oh. I, was sick. oh. I was sick too. I remember that. I had oh, come gosh. down with the flu when I was in Peru. It was awful. How did you manage to like I have no idea. Oh. I I climbed the steps of Machu Picchu on a rainy, cloudy, foggy day with the flu. And I wanted to die. Yeah, I don't blame you. And then you, I think you know. I, just, I think I just told myself, like, okay, how many times are you going to be in Machu Picchu? Like, true, true. Got to enjoy it while you can. True. <laughs> All about, like, seizing the day or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And which is wow. also part of the reason why I think I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's do this. <laughs> With my tour guide. <laughs> well, so I, I asked you about, you know, what you learned from – the dating 
What have you learned from the traveling? Oh. Which leads to a question, what have you learned from like the writing and the blogging? Oh, man. Um, what have I learned from the... I mean, what have I learned from the traveling? I have learned that the world is much smaller than we think it is. Mm. And that. we are all, we all want the same fundamental thing, no matter how much we disagree on something. So it always, it always just makes me roll my eyes and chuckle a little bit when I see people having these like stupid opinionated conversations on Facebook or any sort of social media right. about politics or bullshit. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you want food, you want love, you want rest and you want a roof over your head, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we have in common. The fundamentals and the people in the world who don't have that. Yes. Like how do we we get that for everybody? For those people, exactly. Interesting. Um, So I think, yeah, traveling has just made my world a little bit smaller in a very good way. You know, especially when I go to a country like Japan where I don't speak the language – and I still felt connected to people. Yeah. You know? Um, Absolutely. Even though I had no idea what the fuck they were saying to me. <laughs> You're like, oh, I understand smiles and I understand, you know. I yeah. understand bows. Like, exactly. I love that. I get like, it. Uh, yeah. That's got to be, yeah, that's got to be really rewarding to, Very you know, feel so. like you're connecting with people even if speech isn't, mm-hmm. you know, an option. And I think too, like for me – I feel like travel is kind of a cool opportunity to remind myself that the world is so much bigger than America, but we are so self-focused. Did you ever run into like people who were not happy that you were there slash an American that existed at all? So no, but I ran into people who were willing to talk to me about, I love that you brought that up because- I, were, I ran into people in both countries where they wanted to talk about America's gun laws. And I don't know where you stand on it, but I know for me, I cannot stand the fact that we have become so comfortable with every other week, every week, Yep. about another school shooting. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I ran it. So I talked to a man from Korea in Peru. He was staying at the same hotel I was such an interesting individual like I cannot I just it was so amazing and he was telling me how in Korea it's mandatory like in Israel to join the military when you're Mm -hmm. 18 and to go through all that and how it's completely um against the law for any citizen to own a gun in that country as well as Peru and my tour guide also told me about this Cause we walked, we went to this town square and there were, he goes, Oh, let's go ask the police officer. And I turn around and their police officers are like fully armed machine guns. And I'm like, um, can you ask? Cause You're like, <laughs> I don't want to ask. So friendly though. Like, so, and he was telling me, he goes, yeah, he goes, those are the only people in this country that can walk around or own a gun. And I said, That's the I last asked- person in this country that I want to have a gun. <laughs> And I asked him, I said, so how do citizens feel about that? He's like, we don't think twice about it. We don't care. What do I need a gun for? And I thought that was so interesting 
you know, and same with the Korean man. He said the same thing to me. He's like, we don't, it's not a big deal where I'm from. You know, the authorities have the guns and citizens do not. It's how it should be. And they were so matter of fact about it. They weren't arguing with me. They weren't being opinionated. They were just saying the way life is. And honestly, that's the way it is in most other countries. Oh, absolutely. Even in like the UK, like they use batons before anything else. Right. It's fascinating. No, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you didn't have any, you know, negative experiences of people uh, being negative towards you as, as an American, but. Have you had that experience yourself? Uh, I had a weird experience in France, but they notoriously mm. don't like Americans. Um, I was about to say it's France. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but then again, I also had a uh, Orlando Bloom lookalike that I met on the street ask me to a New Year's party. Like, nice. you wanted me to come to a New Year's party. So it was like, <laughs> oh, okay. They're like kind of actually really friendly. No. And like in Ireland, I just had a lot of people who just wanted to talk about like, they were like, you didn't vote for Trump, did you? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, then like, then they were, were ready then to be nice. But I was like, oh, you would have been like rude if I. Which, hey, like, to be I honest, <laughs> when I was online dating, that was one of my things I had to find out prior to meeting somebody. Because if you, I'm sorry, like I go back, there's a difference between like fighting with somebody online and then just establishing your own morals and values. In my opinion, if you voted for Trump, our morals and values are going to be vastly different. So there is no point in wasting our time. Right. Right. Yeah, there's no point. Like I have like, you know, relationships with people in my life who who did vote for Trump. And, you know, you try to maintain them if they are already existent. But I do not need to invite more Trump voters into my life. Precisely. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's not something that I want more of. Um, so yeah, that's, it's fascinating how kind of like politics plays and has even more so played into dating even more than it it used to. So than it ever did. Yeah. What was that like in the, in the 20 dates? Did anything about that come up? I mean, mean, were you doing these 20 dates during that period of time? I was doing it during 2000, primarily 2018. Okay. That's when the large chunk of it happened. So he had already been you know, president, um, or became president. Um, I, like I said, I made sure before I met, I met people, that was one of my questions in the beginning, you know? Um, and I, as far as I know, I never went out with anybody that, that did. And I had, you know, pretty good conversations with people who did. So the first guy I went out with, he told me that he went on a date with a woman who they were in the middle of the date. I thought this was so hot. (laughs) <laughs> they were in the middle of the date and she tells him that she voted for Trump. And he was like, this date just ended. Have a nice night and stood up and walked out. I was like, I love that conviction. You know, you Good can't be him. mad at that. He's like, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to be like, you're dumb. You're this. No, he's like, I'm just, we're not going to have anything in common. So bye. This date just ended. I like it. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I think that that, has got to be a a thing that is happening more. People just saying, "Yeah, I can swipe, imagine." Swipe left if you're uh, it's left for no, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I trust me. <laughs> several times, even though my book is literally called Swipe Right, it's still a different you know spelling. So I had to ask myself, "Wait, that means that you're connecting, right?" Yeah, you're like, like some of the dating apps, you're not swiping; you're just 
scrolling. Right, and- right, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I that's that's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it should just be like a built-in question at this point to a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, but- I don't know what I can imagine what online dating is like now with the pandemic. Like mm-hmm. from what I hear, um, one of the cool things that has evolved out of it was the walking date. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I would no, that love sounds really to go fun. on a walk with someone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? That's a great way to get to know somebody. Yeah, and like there's not the pressure of like staring at each other. You know, you can right. like just right. – they usually say that like if you're going to have a tough conversation, if you do it in the car, you know, when you're both looking forward is like a good time to do it. Huh. So interesting. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard like that, that. that if you're going to have a tough conversation, it eases both people to, to be in the car. Oh man! I now, not if you're going to cry, because you shouldn't be crying while driving. Even though I do it all the time, but like it's yeah. not—it's not the best idea. <laughs> yeah. Do as I, I do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But in terms of um, dating profile, did you get a sense based on what were some things that you looked for in dating profiles that, again, like a green flag in a dating profile mm-hmm. versus a red flag in a dating profile? Other than the obvious, which we just discussed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think definitely there's a few things. Uh, For example, use photos that share something about yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, i.e. like your photo of you grilling at a barbecue Mm -hmm. might possibly tell me you like to cook. A photo of you hiking tells me you like the outdoors. If all of your photos are selfies in the mirror, I'm going to, going to probably deduce that you're self-involved with zero ambition and very few friends. So, you know, I could, it was crazy because the more I did the online dating, the more I could make assumptions. And I know people say, oh, don't make an assumption. It makes an ass. But when you're online dating, you kind of have to, because what are you doing? You're basing it off of answers to questions and photos. And for me, if you fill out all the questions, like genuinely make an effort and not every single one of them is funny, then I'm going to think, okay, you might take dating seriously. Because I ran into a lot of those people that were A, wouldn't fill it out at all, or B, everything was a fucking joke. (laughs) Yeah, just ask. That too. Um, Just ask. Also, don't wear sunglasses in all of your photos. And from what I hear from friends, apparently people are now wearing masks in their fucking photos. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's like, I don't even know where to be. I don't even know where to begin with, with yeah. that. Like as a yeah. joke. I, I, the pictures that I've seen, it looks like they're really just posing. Like <laughs> all you can see are their eyes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, people don't do that. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, okay. I'm also like, this could differentiate me from some women. I am not after anyone's money, so I don't want to see a bunch of pictures of you with your fancy sports car or, oh, yeah. you know, wads of cash or anything like that. Bore me to death right there yeah yeah i think that uh anything like disparaging about other people too like especially like swipe left if you're just here for like to be a gold digger you know yes yes. i saw a guy once put in his profile 
I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of, oh, um, don't bother to swipe right if you're going to be if you're going to be nice one day and a bitch the next. And I'm like, he literally wrote bitch. And I'm like, what motherfucker (laughs) actually got swiped right on that? Like what woman felt compelled to actually Because I'm sure they exist. Right. Right. If he was cute, then I can see people doing that just for the. I don't remember what he looked like. But. Yeah, I can. I I unfortunately can think of people who are like, oh, like, but I'm not trying to like date him. I just want to fuck him and. Yes. Whatever. Like, but I mean, that's. For, we're talking about people who are actually looking for a genuine right, relationship, right? right? Yeah. So. No, I mean, and that makes me think that he was not looking for anything that was right. A genuine exactly. relationship. So, uh, sorry, way to air all of your baggage, buddy. Um, <laughs> thanks. Exactly. Wow. Well, what? Um, yeah. I guess kind of like to to wrap up here. Like, what is some advice that you would give to people who are? I mean, I guess this question is actually twofold, multiple fold, trifold. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like people who are online dating, what advice would you give to them? What advice would you give to people who are? you know, struggling to find that resilience? What advice would you give to people who are struggling to find that authenticity? Um, those are kind of some some main themes that we touched on today, so. Okay. Um, Big questions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> loaded. I'm like, hold on, let me gather my thoughts here. Okay, so I think first and foremost, I would say going into it with an open mind. Um, of course, be smart and safe about the things that you're doing, but take the leap. Um, no good thing really ever came out of like sitting and waiting for it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have some bad dates. You're going to have some good ones. And you might even meet someone you could consider doing life with. And also take your time. This sounds contradictory considering all my life is short monologue previously. But part of living means being present. So when I say take your time, I really mean enjoy every moment the good and the bad, because all of our experiences are basically a culmination of our present selves, right? Yeah. So they shape us, they help us learn things about ourselves and the world around us, and they can even expand our minds, meaning my experience with 20 online dates sort of evolved into that. You know, like I said earlier, I went into it looking for a partner and came away with understanding so much more about myself and others. Um, And that in and of itself was worth it. Um, Absolutely. As for life, I think the same idea applies. Yeah. You take the good with the bad and you take time for yourself, ruminate, write it out, scream it out, cry it out, allow yourself to be vulnerable because grief will always find a way out and it won't appear always as grief. So it's always better to let it out. Everyone's timing on that can be different. And that's okay. But attempting to not grieve will only lead to further complications like full-on panic attacks in the most inopportune of places. And yes, I speak from experience. (laughs) Um, Most importantly, surround yourself with those who are there, not only on your bad days, but also your good days. And not only on your good days, but also your bad days. And I say it both ways because I think people forget how important it is to show up for one another, no matter the circumstance. So just because someone appears 
to be doing really well doesn't mean they don't need a, hey, thinking of you, how are you every yep, now and then? Absolutely. Um, and finally, remember that it is okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that seemingly ex- insignificant sentiment changed my life. And I read it in a book. Yeah. It, I was like, oh, shit. Because I think for so long, I felt like, whoa, I should be over this by now. I should feel fine. I should not be crying every, you know, every other day. I should be able to contain myself in public. I should, you know, I, it was always, I should, I should, I should. No, I should be okay with not being okay. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that I've learned, it's you're, you'll be okay again. And then guess what? Mm-hmm. You'll probably not be okay again too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like it's, it's, there's never like a fully being okay, figuring it out. You're going to not be okay yeah. again too. So that's, that's good advice and very important to remember. But, sure. um, well, where can people find you? Where can they find the book? Tell us, go ahead and promo, promo away. Promo. Okay. So you can find my book on Amazon. It's available on Kindle paperback and hardback hardcover. Um, you can follow me on, uh, the Roadlands travels on Instagram and also the roadlands for my blog. Okay. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and all that. Uh, all but those. you can find that via the blog. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Well, amazing. Any any last? Uh, I mean, you really gave succinct, great advice. So oh, I was going to ask if there was any last words, but well, you know, you said something right just a minute ago that really reminded me of something my mother always used to say. This sounds like and, the perfect way. Yeah, and it was such a another insignificant sentiment, seemingly, but meant the world to me. And she would always say, "It's always okay in the end. If it's not okay." It's not the end. And I, I was like, it. I had to wrap my head around that, but it it felt right, you know? Yeah. So I remind myself of that often. It's a good one. I need to like re-listen to this and write some notes down. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you Aww. so much, Lindsay. It has been thank a you, pleasure. Rachel. And um, I'm definitely going to be picking up a copy of your book. I love reading all of my Yay. guests' books. So awesome. um, thank yeah, you. thank you so much for, for being here and for your vulnerability and um, honesty and thank humor. You. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, I am here with Lindsay. Check out the book, Swipe Right. You have been listening to Wine, Dine, and 69. I am your host, and let's keep talking. Mm-hmm.